Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. Finally, a non-embarrassing episode, or non-embarrassed episode to talk about. We, uh, yeah, and, and Nate looks very confused. If you're not watching, if you're just listening, he's uh, he's really crunching the numbers here uh, on something. I'm not exactly sure. I'm trying to figure out the last time that. Uh, this team didn't like completely piss me off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's been a while. <laughs> Has that ever happened? <laughs> oh, um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not rainbows and butterflies still like even like in those two games, not to be the Debbie downer on it. I'm, I'm appreciating that we won back to back games only the third time that we've done that this season, which also, well, mm-hmm. we have eight wins on the season, and six we're, of them have yeah. been back-to-back wins, which is interesting which to is me. Cool. Yeah, and also, we're now no longer last in the league, so... <laughs> that's where... Uh, <laughs> that, yeah, that's where you're like, eh, I don't struggle. know. <laughs> yeah. Again... I don't mind if we lose, just as long as it's not embarrassing. I don't mind being last because Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah, we can be last. We just can't be embarrassed when we're in last. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let me take a look at the standings here. Oh, okay, that makes me feel better, actually. We may be in 31st, but Chicago still has three games in hand on us. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. fine, everybody. We're, we're but like, okay. Also, it's Chicago. Like, Are they going to win two out of those three games to leapfrog us? <laughs> When their points percentage says that they (laughs) might win one out of three. (laughs) Max Domi, uh, I mean, Jonathan Taves, uh, Patrick Kane, and who's the other guy on the first line there this year? Um, uh, Yeah, it's Max Domi, it's Kane, it's... I I forget who the other guy is right off the top of my head. If they have anything to say about it, though. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that embarrassing when, like... You're trying to think of just like a popular player in the NHL, and you can't when like it's well. Uh, Chicago's when, when had such like a job sh- to remember. Chicago's had such a shakeup over the last two years alone yeah. that I like. Unless you are a Blackhawks fan, I don't really blame you if you can't like think of like kind of the yeah. main guys on the roster, except for you know like a Taves, a Kane, and like yeah. if you didn't know that Max Domi was on the Blackhawks, especially with how much he's moved around mm-hmm. over the last few years, like I wouldn't blame you. Um, actually, you know what? I don't think we are forgetting anybody because the other guys in their top six are Sam Lafferty, Philip Kurashev, and Taylor Radish. Uh, were you thinking of Radish, maybe? Who's the top left? 
Sam Lafferty. There is Athanasiu, but he's down on the third line now. Maybe it was Lafferty that, I'm th- that I was thinking about then. I don't know. He's, I think he's doing okay. I, I even checked their yeah. injuries, and like they don't even have any guys okay. out. So yeah, um, I, I think that's literally just those three. Yeah, yeah. I thought, that, so, I thought but there was it, someone else too. Okay, you know what? Then for the top line, then let's just go with uh, with with Domi and Taves. If those two have anything to say about it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There you go. So yeah. and or Domi and Kane. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> Taves is running the second line now, which I know there's been a lot of talk about him the fit with Colorado. Oh really? I haven't even heard. That'd that. be inter- like that would be interesting. Yeah, but those are two guys as well that like they've that whole situation is still I mean from many aspects it's still just really odd, not great, holding yeah. back Chicago's future. Like, like I said, a lot of different angles on that. <laughs> oh, Basically, yeah. I don't think those two are going to leave Chicago though, unless they still. Unless they want to go to another team for one more chance at a cup, yeah, right? Like, which, like maybe, those two, but... those two guys aren't guys that are still chasing one, mm-hmm. like having great careers, right? Those are guys that have them already. Yeah. So if if they were to just say, you know what, I just want to stick with this team for the rest of my career, kind of thing, right? Mm. Like, it's kind of a gets laugh situation, right? Yeah, like I know people are looking at Kane. In particular, just with his cap hit right now. Yeah. But if I'm not mistaken, is that not done? I think he's in the last year of it. Yeah. Both of them are done this season, actually, Kane and Taves. Yeah. So, and they're UFAs at that point. Yeah. Um, And like they're only 34, which for an NHL player is a lot, but like guys still play into like 35, 36. Yeah. It's like, yeah, 34 is like, 34 is like the new 32 almost, right? Like the the years of how long you can keep your... I'm really struggling with words today. Hockey players are just better conditioned overall yeah. in today's NHL compared to hell, even 10 years ago kind of thing, yeah, right? They're, they're just set up to last longer in the nhl just based yeah. off of like how they treat their bodies how injuries are treated now how you prepare for games and how yeah. you prepare the, like all of that stuff right? guys aren't yeah. typically like smoking one or two cigarettes in between intermissions anymore and stuff and, like and that yeah so. you know like jamming pizza and carb loading like immediately before the game or in intermissions like all that i, I still go by the carb loading aspect of i still love a fucking plate of fettuccine alfredo before oh, yeah. i play a game i still yeah. love it <laughs> yeah I, I mean i'm sure some guys still do that but it's not not to the extent that it was like a few years ago where it's like oh yeah. shit games that or puck drops at five and it's 4 30 let's jam as much pasta in my face as i can yeah it's like okay i'm gonna <laughs> okay, have I this didn't big go carb far, meal <laughs> yeah it's like i'm gonna have this big carb meal at like say 3 2 33 in the afternoon puck drops five kind of thing yeah or, or, or uh, puck drop at seven even yeah yeah um oh okay actually i didn't realize that i thought they had played it uh kane and taves are actually set to play their thousandth game uh in the nhl and as or no sorry god the wording of this is weird kane and taves are, will play their thousandth game as teammates when the blackhawks face the new york rangers oh, okay so thousandth game together on sunday yeah so today Oh, oh! I guess. Damn. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because I I think they've each played a thousand. They've, e- games, they've right? each played a thousand, haven't they? You would. Well, I mean, if they're playing the thousands together, then obviously they would have had to, unless okay, they yeah, literally so, played every single game together. No, well, because 
Well, Taves alone had injuries. Uh, yeah. Or he had that illness as well and that kept him out for, what was that the 2021 season, that shortened one, I think it was? Um, no, no, no. Uh, the, sorry. The, the article here, though, on, uh, on NHL.com does go further. So Taves and Kane are the 11th set of teammates to play 1,000 regular season, uh, season games together oh, wow. and the second active duo to do so. Uh, the other one is uh, LA Crosby Kings. Oh, no, LA Kings, Drew Doughty, and uh, Anze Kopitar. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I guess Crosby and Malkin have each had injuries that have kept them yeah. for a while. So. Um, uh, another Chicago pairing of uh, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook played 1,069 Damn. games together between 2006 and 2020. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Damn. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> the so, Black the Blackhawks are five thirty, uh, three forty six, and one twenty three. Where in games that Taves and Kane have played together, five thirty. Like, wow. Yeah, five hundred thirty to three forty six to one twenty three. I would have thought the wins would be a lot higher. And I mean, don't get me wrong; it's still a fantastic number. Yeah. Well, what's that's just over fifty percent that you've won. With both of them in the lineup. Okay, so 530 plus 346 plus 123. Oh, yeah, 999. I can't. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Two points per game. So, yeah, uh, 1,998 possible points. And then 530 plus 123 times 2. Okay, so 1306, 1306 divided by 1998. As, as teammates, they have a 65-point percentage. Okay. So, that's yeah. that, that is pretty damn good, honestly. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I guess, yeah. Because yeah. I, I guess just um, for comparison's sake, like this season, um, that would be good for, like, you know, six seventh in the league. Yeah. Like Dallas is at a six fifty six points percentage, which oh I guess they're sixth in points, not in points percentage. It would be top ten, anyways, for sure. Top ten in the league. If they were a team. And the thirty four year olds have combined to f- have combined to factor into two hundred and ninety eight goals. Damn. Again, See, now, I feel like that should be higher, but they, I guess they played on opposite or on different lines for a good. No, they played on the same line they? for a good chunk of it. It was Taves centering Kane and whoever they okay. wanted to put on the left side. 298. See, now the yeah. pairing that I'm curious to know, because um, we're there, there's going to be a thing about records, I guess, on this episode. Yeah. Um, I want to know where Dreisaitl and McDavid plays because that's a pairing that I feel like could shatter. For At least like I got together in caves thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I want. I just wonder like what the. Yeah, for like look the record for goals. Well, this is where every... we need like access just to like the Sportsnet stats admin. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is, just, hey. Just like it's like poking, it's, it's like telling a monkey to do something. Hey, what's this? Hey, what's the, like what's the yeah. record for that? What's the record for this? Just for like some of the obscure stuff that they throw out there sometimes. Yeah, right. Um, I, I feel like every time the Oilers play like um, 
like Chicago or Pittsburgh or LA, like that have those guys that have just been playing together for an insanely long period of time. They always show, and even if it's just like for the season, they show like, oh, McDavid and Dreisaitl have combined for like 65 goals in like 65 games this year. Yeah. <laughs> like it's always just like insane shit like that. Um, when's this bar down article from? What's going on, everybody? This is the Quack Report, an Anaheim Ducks <laughs> podcast. The Ducks have won two games in a row, and we're talking about the Blackhawks, apparently. <laughs> the Blackhawks, the Oilers, and uh, the, the Kings, even. Like, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show about two guys that can't stay on topic to save their life. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly feel like there's a, like, on the records.nhl.com, they have this, like, um, combined goals record. Okay, I so where I was... Yeah, so where I was originally going with this, yes, Caves and Taves. Kate- Who, sorry? <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> sure, you know, you know what? We're, we're actually no, we you know what? We're we're given the we're given the celebrity, uh, the, the couple names, the couple names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Caves <laughs> um, is in their last year of their contract at ten and a half million each. Holy shit! You know what though? Yeah. Like those were definitely. Uh, pay me for what I did contracts. Oh, a hundred percent. But because uh, when did they sign those? It was like just after their yeah, first cup, were... wasn't it? And they were like ten-year contracts or something. No, they signed those after what was the what well, was what was it ten, thirteen, and fifteen for the Chicago Cups. So they yes. signed those after those three cups. Actually, they signed oh, that really? for the fifteen, sixteen season. Oh damn! Oh, so those were actually only eight-year deals. Yeah. Oh wow. God, and then that makes me feel old. Yeah, it's been eight years since the last Blackhawks Cup. What the yeah. Fu- okay. Cool. Cool. <laughs> All right. Existential crisis time. Let's go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. Like, what you did for me contracts, which warranted for sure. Um, as much as I have not great feelings about the 2010 cup run anymore. Um, not even as a Blackhawks fan. I can, I can yeah. only imagine how like actual Blackhawks fans feel. And I like, I have a few friends that are, and I've kind of asked them about it and like, they don't feel great about it. Um, very much warranted, I think. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they could definitely, <sighs> I don't know. Okay. This is, <laughs> why, why are we breaking down the, Chicago Blackhawks right now and like their no idea. contract situation. Anyway, um, in my opinion, Kane could still get a good payday. Like he, the guy's yeah. still playing very well. Taves has had some issues that have been out there, obviously. Um, like like physical, like health issues. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, I think out of the two of those, Kane's a guy that could go into UFA and still grab, like, honestly, at least seven, I feel like. Probably, because he's still producing at such a high clip. Yeah. Yeah. Because what's he at right now? We'll figure out what he's at, and then and then we can move on to... Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love how we're prolonging talking about wins it's, it's just become a habit at this it's point that we prolong talking about these games because like we want to talk about something different. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, it's ridiculous. How's everyone doing? I, I know we have no, we're, we're, this is a pre-recorded episode. 
but we're, we're gonna yeah. we're, we're gonna do this dora style dora the explorer style yeah. as we're searching this stuff up how are you doing today everybody that's great <laughs> i'm doing well also <laughs> throwing myself into so throwing myself into existential crisis <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh we, we have we have too much fun with this show sometimes honestly sometimes yeah as much as we want we want to like bang our heads into like through a wall yeah we have, we have fun with it still which is good but that's why people tune in i feel Patrick Kane this season is still putting has still put up twenty two points in twenty nine games. Twenty, damn. On the on Jets the twenty last place team in the league. Yeah, <laughs> four goals. So like his goal scoring is not there, but his assists though, he's still putting up eighteen assists. Like he's still very much a contributor. Yeah. Which I know, like, we know that there are teams out there looking for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It, like, it's kind of the, like, there's there's some players that are just synonymous with a specific jersey that it feels really weird to see them in anything else in their mm-hmm. careers, right? Yeah. Like, could you imagine Kane in anything else? Yeah, like, it would be, it'd be weird. Yeah. And John, and like, and just because I brought it up earlier, of like, just like that, there's just talk about it, like of a fit, uh, yeah. like Taves on Colorado. He would also not be the only Taves on that team. <laughs> there's also Devin Taves. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that would be weird. Like, do you just yeah. give Taves like the only, like his nameplate only says Taves, and then. Devon Taves gets the D Taves because I feel like James. I guess it's Devon. Yeah, sorry, not Devin. Um, <laughs> no, I think they st- they still. I think I they, like, I think I they like technically rule, have to. I feel like rule wise, they still have to would have to have like J Taves, yeah. B Taves. Yeah. Um, exactly. The one for me though always uh, Martin Broder and the St. Louis Blues. Oh yeah. That's always a oh yeah right that happened <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's just weird it um, is. just to kind of answer what we were talking about about McDavid and Drysaddle most goals combined on by teammates uh, this was posted December 9th by at SN Stats Sportsnet Stats on Twitter um, so not too long ago a little about ten days ago by the time you guys are hearing this um, McDavid and Drysaddle have combined for twenty eight goals this season. Uh, next highest is a four-way tie between Crosby and Gensel, Skinner and Thompson, Tage Thompson, in case you don't follow Buffalo, uh, Hinson Robertson of Dallas, and Kucherov and Point with Tampa uh, at 21 goals. Jeez. So 28 for McDavid and Dreisaitl, 21 for the other ones. And then there's also a number from last season, uh, March 20th, 2021. Oh, I guess... That's two seasons ago, is that not? Yes. Fuck me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. Uh, which was the shortened season that started in January, so this would have been close to the end of this, or about yeah. halfway through the season, maybe? Because I think that one was January till May. Yeah, I think so. I, if I'm not mistaken, it was 52 games without looking. Yeah. Um, 
which makes sense for these numbers. So Drysdale and McDavid at that point, 29 goals. Uh, again, this is the most goals combined on by teammates, 29. Um, followed by Kane and Debrinket at 23. So, yeah, Kane and Debrinket now instead of Kane and Taves. But, yeah, you kind of get the point. That's all I've really been able to find, um, just without getting too into the stats, but. Matt, Chicago really went for tank mode this year, didn't they? Getting rid of uh, oh yeah, Debrinket and uh, Doc. Yeah, and trading Flurry away last year, signing Seth Jones to nine and a half million as your top defenseman. <laughs> that's uh, that's that's how you tank properly, guys. I don't know. To be fair, I feel like if I feel like if. Flurry wasn't traded to Minnesota. He might have retired, I feel like, actually. Probably, yeah. Because last year was the last year on that deal. Yeah. I think the reason he went to Minnesota was, um, or at least part of the reason that it was, um, was because Bill Guerin's the GM, and... Mm. Uh, he and Garen go way back to uh, like Garen was on the was a player on the Pittsburgh Penguins for the 2009 Cup, right? Yeah. So like they have history together. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Garen kind of set him up this year to be the guy, right? Trading off Cam Talbot and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So for Chicago, I feel like that was maybe the right move. They got something out oh, of Flurry sure. at least. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh. No, I agree, hundred percent. But but yeah. yeah, man, like just like getting rid of those two guys because like like I don't think Chicago, honestly, I don't think Chicago makes those moves if Connor Bedard is not the guy that you're going for this year. Yeah, right. Because like yeah. otherwise, it's okay. We go through one more year. Taves and Kane are either elsewhere or we can hopefully get them at a lot lower than ten and a half million, mm-hmm. right? And you build from there. Yeah. So. Either way, it's like, kind of a win-win for Chicago because you either yeah. get these guys as like veterans in the locker room at like a significantly reduced price, or you trade them at the deadline to a contender if they want to chase a cup, and you get just a massive return. For yeah, them. The, and the then you get Connor though, Bedard the next year. The thing though for both of them, and it sounds like it's maybe going to be. It sounds like we might actually see a lot of three-way trades. Uh, oh yeah! Before the deadline, because of because that's the only way the that cap, teams are yeah. able to facilitate it. Yeah, yeah. The, the teams those, that are pushing for a cup don't have the cap space. So yeah. the teams like Anaheim and Chicago that do have some cap space or um, uh, can use it as an asset to yeah. uh, for this season to you know make it so that they can actually make deals and they'll, they'll actually probably end up getting more because the cap is so tight because mm-hmm. you're getting asset A for the player and asset B for retaining half of the salary. Yeah. Or if you're even just the intermediate, like say Kane goes to Anaheim and then goes to New York, then Anaheim gets an asset for taking on half of that deal and then they trade part of it to New York to then get the... So New York gets essentially, what would that be? Only 25% of his salary because you do half... Chicago retains half, and yeah. Anaheim retains half of the half. But and that's then we, also, and then we like, get like a second round pick for the efforts, or whatever, or a third, or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's also 
like 25% of what's left to pay for the season. Yeah. So Yeah, exactly. But it's how it has to be done. So, yeah, yeah we, we could see a lot of players becoming uh, Anaheim Ducks for like a hot five minutes. Yeah, split, just a split second. So. Yeah, and, and usually when that happens, it's like, oh my God, this player to Anaheim. And then you're like, what the fuck? Where is this coming from? Then it's like, oh, nope, three-way deal. Anaheim is just taking cap. Or it's like, yeah. say, um, who else is on Chicago that they might not give a single fuck about? Um, <laughs> we'll say like... That. Um, we'll even go down to like their non-roster players like oh it's Kane and Colton Doc who I'm assuming is Kirby Doc's brother or cousin or related in some way actually you know what here we go let's do this <laughs> Patrick Kane and uh, good old Anaheim Ducks legend Buddy Robinson to Anaheim <laughs> and then Anaheim gets Buddy Robinson but trades away um Kane in the three-way yeah. part of the deal. So you, you can see a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Shall we get into these Let's games? Let's actually talk about the Ducks, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 24 minutes. <laughs> uh, actually, sorry, before we do that, just... Uh, oh, my God. No, no. <laughs> it's important. Just some housekeeping all right, all stuff right. because we're approaching the holidays and uh, we obviously are not going to be recording on Christmas Day. And uh, you guys don't want to even hear us on Christmas Day, probably. So <laughs> what we are doing, um, we we had potentially talked about... I just knocked my pen on the floor. That's okay. We potentially talked about doing a live stream this Wednesday. Um, that's not going to happen, but we will be doing the post-game uh, live stream like we've done in the past, after immediately after the Wild game. And then Thursday the whole episode with the, the post-game talk and then whatever we record before the game uh, will be available on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast normally. Uh, the following Sunday, Monday, sorry, the 26th, there'll be no episode since we normally record on the Sundays and that's Christmas. Yeah. So we're not doing that. And, um, boxing, and Boxing Day, y'all are going to be shopping anyway. Let's yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, you can't even have headphones in on Boxing Day because like, you might get shoved over. <laughs> you won't hear the... The yeah. angry, uh, the angry Karen coming at you from the blind side, <laughs> going in for the tackle as you grab that last PS Five. So, oh man, yeah, you don't want, you want to be doing that um, on the twenty ninth. Readily available yet? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, on the 29th, which is the Thursday, um, there will be a pre-recorded episode that will be doing uh, in a couple days here uh, with a sort of holiday theme. We're not going to talk about games or anything like that, but it will be uh, probably, I would guess, half an hour, 40 minutes-ish talking just about the Ducks in general. Sort of like a mid-season uh, yeah. review type of thing. So no live stream on the 28th, pre-recorded on the 29th. On the 2nd, we're not going to be doing an episode either, which is the Monday, kind of following the uh, New Year's Day. Yeah, because so. Sunday is New Year's Day, and uh, if it's anything like last year, I might be nursing a pretty hefty hangover. Yeah, you're, you're not. No one's gonna want to listen to that, anyways. So. Yeah. Which um, fun fact, actually, last New Year's Day was the first time I've ever actually experienced a hangover. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm like, oh, this is what it feels like. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, with all that said, no episode next Monday. No episode, or sorry. Let me start over. <laughs> Scratch that. In summary, post-game, 
on this Wednesday, kind of like we've done before. No episode next Monday. A pre-recorded episode for in between your uh, Christmas and New Year's Day on the Thursday. No episode on the Monday following New Year's Day. And then on the Wednesday, in the beginning of January, January 4th, we will be doing our live stream just like usual. Actually, there's a, a game that day, so it's the late live stream again, yeah. post-game talk. And then everything available again on Thursday the 5th. So back to normal on January 4th. Hope yeah. that made sense to everybody. So <laughs> that is what you can look forward to uh, for the next can, couple of weeks of TQR there. So Yeah, I can make a visual schedule as well and post oh, it yes. on, uh, on Twitter and Instagram. That, that so. will absolutely be there. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah just for those that... Don't follow us on the social media, but listen, uh, that is what's going on. So, I mean, obviously, you probably won't be shocked if you look on Boxing Day and, oh, yeah, there's no TQR episode. Yeah. Makes sense. But at least but, for, like, New Year's and, uh, like, after, just basically after Christmas, we're going to yeah. we're gonna take a little just, bit of a, of a break. Yeah, just so. adjust the schedule that way. So, yeah. um, and you, you'll hear this all again on Wednesday, just in case, or Wednesday yeah. slash Thursday, just in case. But, yeah, that's what's going on. Okay, let's do it. So, so, we won. Yeah. Against them. We won back to back. The Montreal Canadiens. We won back to back in regulation. Yeah. And first game all year long that we won a game not decided by one goal against yeah. the Canadians. So, yeah. I mean, it, it was essentially a one goal game because two empty netters, but yeah. on the scoreboard. 5-2. So, and just overall pretty solid game. Like there was yeah. like that was Anaheim's game. That was the way you wanted to see them play. So. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pretty low event game overall. Oh, of course. Uh, <laughs> That's what we expected from Anaheim and Montreal, but. Yeah, uh final shots were 32 to 25 in favor of Anaheim. Um but uh it was still a solid game though. I thought. Yeah. Um I lost my train of thought there. What was I going to What was I going to say? Look uh-huh. at the notes, Nate. Look at the notes. Um, <laughs> I picked up a couple things. Uh, Zegris. I again, one of the reasons to watch Anaheim Ducks hockey is Trevor Zegris, mm-hmm. and just what he does. Uh, and on uh, John Klingberg's first goal, which we'll get into that. Don't worry. Uh, Zegris's move just breaking Gooley's ankles. Oh, <sighs> Chef's kiss. Loved it. Loved it. Gooley got burned twice in this game, actually, alone. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, is this... I can't remember. Is this the Gooley that used to be in Anaheim, or is this his brother? This is Caden Gooley, is it not? God, now you're making me think. <laughs> you don't know either? Okay. <laughs> it's Sunday. I can't think. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Let me... I, I will I will check here. Okay. So. Oh, yeah. It's Caden Gooley. It's Caden Gooley? Yeah, okay. Yeah, who I, I don't think was the one in Anaheim. No, because this is his first season in the NHL. What's his brother's name? Jeff? No, it's not Jeff. He's got a cooler name than that. <laughs> Dayton? Dalton? Why am I forgetting this? And also, where is he playing? Is it Braden? Braden? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he in Seattle? Or is it Brendan? It's, I think it's Brendan Gooley. Brendan, yes. Brendan, Brendan. Brendan. Sorry, sorry, Brendan. I knew that, knew that you're a Ducks. Everyone's just here, like but... yelling at their, yeah. <laughs> like their like their car speakers right now. It's yeah. Brendan, you fucks. The uh, 
his pictures on NHL.com are still of him in Anaheim. That's funny. Um, <laughs> wait, is he still in Anna? Oh, no, 21-22 is just the last time he played in the NHL where he played six games. So where, the, where is he now? It says currently he's in San Diego. I don't remember seeing him. There's no way. What? No, he's in Germany. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> he is in Germany. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where Does Elite Prospects have now have a limit on how many pages you can view? I don't know. I Because I'm on Elite Prospects right now, and I found the... Yeah, he's, pl- he's playing for Berlin in the Bell. Okay. Wow. Damn. He's played seven games, uh, racked up six penalty minutes, no points. Yeah. Oh, you have to make a free account on Elite Prospects to be able to view unlimited pages on their website. That's dumb. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, well, we figured uh, out where Gouli oh, is. Makes, but... it makes sense. I, okay. I have an account, so. But okay. Yeah, but poor poor Braden or poor Caden Gouli uh, with on on that goal by Klingberg and that move by Zegras. But yeah, yeah. That, was, that was nice. Love to see it. Good love, stuff. I love good ankle snapping. Yeah. Um, everybody else, just like as a whole, though, I want to say, um, and I guess this kind of leads into some of our advanced stats there. The deserve to win meter on moneypuck.com uh, showing a 66.8% uh, in favor of Anaheim, which is awesome to see. Yeah. No, and uh, the expected goals lines up as well uh, 4.32 for Anaheim, 1.93 for Montreal. Yeah. Um, just everybody overall just looked better. And I know mm-hmm. this is against Montreal that hasn't been doing fantastic this season either. Uh, but Montreal is currently sitting 24th. They're 14, 15, and 2. Yeah. Um, yeah, their last 10 kind of looks like ours as well. They're 3, 6, and 1. Ours is now 3, 5, and 2. So, like, yeah. E- fairly even teams, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would almost lean more towards Montreal because of Martin Saint Louis. Um, Competent coaching, in other words. Yeah, and uh, you know what? I'm going to give credit to myself even for this win <laughs> okay. because I put money down that the Montreal Canadiens would win this game. I disregarded my own rule about not betting on your own teams and look because what I put, happened because i put down for a i put down on a 12 game parlay there were 12 games that day and uh so i was, I was looking for a big payday look i didn't put a whole lot of money down don't worry everybody yeah um like i put i put down like a dollar i think it was what it was yeah um that which dollar, if you get though, 12 games correct it's like it fucking explodes like because the odds are just yeah mean, insane it was if, if i got all 12 games right i think the payout was 430 dollars yeah so which would have been which, on draft yeah. sportsbook by the way which would which, which uh which would have been very nice but um yeah that was the first i don't don't worry i didn't get like 11 out of 12 right and this is the oh game yeah that fucked me up. this is just the first one that fucked me up yeah but of course so i put money down on the anaheim ducks uh losing this is the second time i've done it this season both times that i have done it They've won, so you're welcome, everybody. Um, <laughs> so, and so, what I'm hearing is you need to bet on every game going forward. What I'm hearing is that we need to have a GoFundMe that I'll just put the money on Anaheim to lose each yeah. game. 
Well, it doesn't have to be much. What you said, you bet a dollar, so you could probably get away with like fifty cents on each game. Yeah. What's how many how many games we have left? Like, because there's eighty two. We have played thirty two. Fifty games times fifty cents. That's twenty five bucks. Come on, we could we could we could do twenty five bucks to go fifty and zero for the rest of the year. That's I'd rather reasonable. I'd rather spend that on sushi. <laughs> <laughs> You just gotta you just gotta have one less day of sushi. One day, <laughs> one day of ramen noodles instead of sushi. And and, and we get to go fifty and zero. It's it's an easy bet for me, I think. Yeah, but that means I have to go seven days of ramen noodles. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Um but yeah, it's just everybody in this game just looked better overall, mm-hmm. right? Like the offense yep. was going like just better. The defense Still didn't look great, but looked better. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you know what? Actually, let's even take a look. Actually, you know what? The defense didn't do too bad, I'm, I'm going to say. Because uh, looking at Dostal's uh, shot attempts, like danger uh, levels, uh, one shot attempt was a high danger, seven medium and 30 low. Those were shots yeah, against, it, or chances against, sorry. Yeah. Att- yeah, attempts against. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's not bad. That's okay. Yeah, that's not bad. I'll I'll, no, I'll, sure. I'll gladly take that. And again, like it was a low low event game overall. Yeah. Um, the worst defensive pairing five on five for expected goals against, uh, Vakanainen and Shattenkirk at a point three seven. That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, like for that being your worst at uh. And that's the line that actually played the most five on five. Um, eight minutes and 42 seconds. Okay. Yeah. The defense tightened up. And and again, like it's everyone's gonna say, like, yes, it's against Montreal. We we've already established that. I just I'm just happy to see improvement here. Yeah. That's all I want. Just improvement. I just want to see yeah. somebody giving a shit. Yeah, exactly. And um also, which is what we... I like, which is what we like stressed the entire last episode. And uh I was, I was talking about this uh, with my girlfriend because, like, we make the joke every now and then of, like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody was listening because then they did it, like, the next game kind of thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, like we make that joke. We made it that joke, like, almost enough times that I'm, like, okay, either we're just kind of almost thinking similar things overall, mm-hmm. which might also scare me a little bit considering how abysmal things have been at times um <laughs> but like there are some times where it's like like i like there was one episode we were talking about like i think it was like the defensive lines or something like that mm-hmm. and the next game we were only one person off yeah i think is what it was yeah and um but yeah so like with this with like the last episode of like honestly both of us just going off on this team and calling out just the lack of effort like just overall Mm-hmm. From players, coaches, whatever, um, and even down to calling out like individual guys, every single thing that like we went on was improved at least in this game. I'll say. Oh, for sure, yeah. So yeah, I, so I was kind of laughing, and I was like, "Do they actually listen?" Maybe. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, the and, and I mean, one thing we've talked about kind of throughout the first bit of this season is like, yeah, the team sucks and it's way worse than anybody expected, but. Look at the turnover that we had from the trade deadline last season to essentially 
how we started this season. Like, it is a drastically different roster. Like, there is no, essentially no chemistry between any, well, there's very little chemistry between most of the guys. So, like, Mm -hmm. you, when the team is that different, there is a period that's, like, you're trying to find your identity and build chemistry, even just, like, with the guys on the bench that you're not even really playing with. Yeah. Like, like on the ice with, you know? So, And that takes some time, and ideally, you know, it doesn't take that much time, but I think that the last two very, very embarrassing losses, well, even just the last week, because last Monday's episode was embarrassing, was was titled embarrassing, and then it was more embarrassing after that. Just that last week... Is this episode just going to be called not... Le- less so, embarrassing, not so, not so embarrassing. <laughs> Some, yeah, probably. Yeah, let's do it. Not so embarrassing, but like so embarrassing. from the it's the it's the embarrassing trilogy. <laughs> yeah, from the devastating loss at home to your state rival San Jose Sharks to getting shut out against the Ottawa Senators of all people and then blown out seven nothing. I don't care if it's the Toronto Maple Leafs seven nothing. Yeah. Like as an NHL team, you are embarrassed by that. I think that just brought the team together in a whole different way of like, this can't happen again. Like, we, this is quite possibly the lowest of the low of the season and of our, of everybody's NHL career, whether it's your first NHL season or your 10th. Um, but I think just experiencing that together and going through that rough patch just like bonded the team in a certain way because this team still is not good. But yeah. they played like they were a way better team, like they were a wild card team. At minimum. like there was there was actually like some glue holding the team together. Guys were playing yeah. for each other a little bit. Yeah, more. exactly. Like um, there was more of a willingness to block shots. There was um, more, uh, like not that we didn't stand up for our teammates previously, but there was just that little bit more of like even if Trevor Zegers or Mason McTavish just even took like a small bump after a whistle. Yeah. There was there there was some pushing and shoving. Whereas before like that it's, might have been let go until it was like an egregious like David Kampf yeah. trying to take Zegers's head off type of thing. And then it leads to happen, Sam Carrick and then it leads to Sam Carrick fighting somebody in the last 5 minutes when it means jack shit at that point. Yeah, but just overall like the team felt like a team in this game. And I think it's because of yeah. those embarrassing losses. I also I have my own headcanon here as well, and we'll have to see what happens in this uh, game against LA on uh, on Thursday here. Or sorry, no, not Thursday. I really have my dates mixed around, don't I? Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Jesus, um, all over the place. My my headcanon is after those three really bad losses, um, two of them being on uh, the first of like a five game road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Verbeek. Asked for a meeting with the players only, no coaching staff. Yeah. Guys, okay. I know we are really struggling. And I know there are individuals that are maybe not helping you in that respect because Verbeek's been trying, it sounds like, to, you know, talk about positives with the team after each game to like try to keep their spirits up, which, like, Jesus Christ. Um, If you guys win, if if you guys finish out this road trip, with three wins, I'll fire the coaching staff. 
<laughs> and everyone said, bets. We're yeah. going for it. <laughs> yeah. after, after the next loss, because you can't fire a coach after a win, but if you guys win on this road uh, trip, the next loss you fire. <laughs> I've seen coaches get fired after a loss. Or after a win, sorry. Well, the Calgary Flames did and then hired Daryl Sutter that night after beating Ottawa pretty, I think, like a, like yeah. a three-goal spread, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't fire a coach after a win, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, before we move on to the Oilers, um, just because we took quite a while at the beginning of the episode, we're going to take a quick break now uh, with DraftKings, <laughs> and then because we don't have much after the Oilers game and or really much to say about the Oilers game, um, I think now's a good time for a quick break. So we'll see you guys in 60 seconds. Promo code THPN at DraftKings at sign up will get you exclusive offers and we will see you guys on the other side. Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pre-game money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so getting into the Ducks and Oilers game that happened Saturday afternoon. This this is just a wild game. Um, before we get into advanced stats, let's start with basic stats. And I am going to be very objective when I talk about this one because I, I, I literally don't know how to feel because I'm like, oh, yay, like, look at how good the Ducks were. And then I'm like, oh, my God, how did the Oilers lose this game? So, like, okay, here, there's, how, how, there's, like, how, both sides yeah. of it, you know? How about this? You be as objective as possible, mm-hmm. and then I'll just lay it straight. Okay. You, so, you've already, you've, you've heard me lay it straight off air, so you yeah. know what's coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, shots, just straight up shots on goal, 49 to 17 in favor of the Oilers. In the third period alone, shots were 23 to 2 for the Oof. Oilers. Oof. <laughs> the um, the special teams. Oilers, two for six on the power play. Not great that the Ducks are giving up six, um, six penalties to the top-ranked power play. But when you're the worst-ranked penalty kill, going four for six against the top power play, you can't be mad about that. What's on, the Oilers' power play percentage this year? I guess it would be... Uh, it was just game. over... It was just over 30%, like, during the game, so now it it would probably still be just over 30%. Okay, so the Oilers technically still kept on pace. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. But when you're the... When you have a 76%, or what's it? No, 60, 67%? Yeah, 67% penalty kill. I I guess that's still on pace. I don't know. Yeah, it's... I I was just pleasantly surprised. Like, I felt like it should have been... um, uh, that's me being. This is me being not objective. I felt like yeah. basically every power play the Ducks gave the Oilers sh- should have resulted in a goal, just based off of where the teams were respectively. Um, yeah, and and the start of the third also remember was a five on three. Oh right, yeah. For Edmonton. So because yeah. you had Strom for holding, 
on Connor McDavid and uh, then Kulikov tripping against Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, and then on the Ducks side, one for two on the power play, which, again, is was unexpected. Not that the Oilers' penalty kill is great, but the Ducks' power play is worse than the Oilers' penalty kill. So, But one for two, not mad about that. Um, and then, in terms, the other one I want to point out here uh, is blocks, which I feel like blocks never shows the full picture um, and like people miss blocks whoever counts them but they were 13 to 9 in favor of the ducks and i feel like the ducks should have had a lot more blocks than that but um uh i can double check for you here with uh with money puck um yeah sure oh no yep shot attempts blocked by teammates 13 for the ducks i I guess maybe where that comes from for me is um yes they maybe only blocked oh yeah no that's correct but Yeah, they maybe only blocked 13 shots, but they were in the lanes preventing a shot from being able to be taken, like, quite a lot. Whether it was like, oh, somebody's winding up for a one-timer and then realizes that a duck is in the way, so they have to stop the puck and try and create space and make another play there. Um, yeah. Like, they're just the, the positioning, especially on the penalty kill, was insane. And again, that's me being not objective anymore. But yeah, um, let's okay. Let's put it this way: uh, Edmonton danger shot attempts, five high danger shot attempts, which is which is lot. which is yeah, like that that does that, that seems low, but that is quite a bit actually. Mm-hmm. Um, low danger, which is normally where you see the most, is at thirty nine. Makes sense, mm-hmm. and like. For, like a low danger shot includes like you know like point shots and whatnot. Everyone says yeah. to like get it to the point, and like I I do it as well, right? But like those those are the goals that are normally happening if there's traffic in front. Yeah. For like you're not gonna like lay one from the blue line and beat a goalie cleanly like clear sight usually usually. Yeah. Um, the one I'm looking at here though, which seems very like it's very high compared to normal, mm-hmm. 25 medium danger. Yeah, that is insane. That's yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That that one's absolutely nuts. Yeah, and then just in terms of other advanced stats here, deserved to win a meter, 93 percent in favor of Edmonton. Are we surprised and, based off of all the stats we've already said? No. Okay, so what was really. the worst? What was the worst? One? What was that? Okay, no, it was that Toronto game was the worst one. I'm gonna double check what that was. Yeah. I said that was the highest I think I had ever seen and ever would see. So I'm going to double yep. check what the Toronto one was here just to see if it's actually gotten worse. Uh, it, it was very close to that, I'm sure. Okay, it's running through the simulations here. Okay. I, I know it also gives a slightly different answer every time too because it is like actually calculating the simulation. Yeah. So with that, I'll... Okay, I'm going to bring up the past thing for like what we put down so anyway sorry 92.3 92.3 is what that one was okay so that is a so now so now 93 is officially the highest i've ever seen next up (laughs) (laughs) 93.7 who's uh who's that going to be against um Um, vegas probably yeah we'll say vegas next week (laughs) (laughs) we'll see a 93.7 um yeah, and then expected goals 5.71 in favor of Edmonton and a 1.75 uh, for Anaheim, which leads into the man of the hour. 
Wait, yeah, sorry. Bef- you say this one because it's, okay, I was gonna say sorry before we bef- before we get into that man. Okay. Can I can I give my side? Oh yeah. Oh sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. So like I said, you had the objective side because you're watching both teams and yeah, kind of seeing both. I guess in this case, I'm watching a little bit more from an Anaheim side. Uh, folks, we got insanely lucky, insanely fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah. Like. This Ducks team for this game had a leprechaun shoved in a locker somewhere in the locker room. Uh, they they all had rabbit's feet on them. They all had, uh, I think it's Wookiee's paws for uh, for like the Star Wars version of a rabbit's foot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Chewbacca feels great about that one. Um, yeah. They had, uh, you know, for the, for the Canadians on the team, they... Got a loony in the in in center ice at Rogers Place. Uh, mm-hmm. They also had you know like like I guess for the Americans because there's no pennies in Canada anymore. They had a they all had a lucky penny on them. Anything that this team and like they all followed their superstitions to a T. Yeah, this team just got insanely fucking lucky in this yeah. game. That's not to take away from the result of the game or anything like that. But like Carter it's, said, a win a win is a win. A, a like, win is a win. But like Carter said, 93% in favor of Anna or in favor of Edmonton. And the expected we'll we'll go rounded of a six-two game for Edmonton. Yeah. Well, yeah, you say those those stats, the shots, the blocks, the high danger chances, the medium danger chances, the, the biggest... power play stats. You would expect this to be a six-two win if you didn't know the score, if you just had the stats. Does the praise insert name? get moved from Ryan Miller from a few seasons ago now? Uh, I mean, I I don't want to take anything away from um <laughs> from Ryan Miller because he's fantastic, but what's um we decided Lucas Dostal was Slovakian or Czechoslovakian? I don't uh Czech. Czech. Okay. Um we're so we're going to all hail. There, there you go. All hail instead of praise. All yeah. hail. Don't we say all hail Gibson or all hail Zegers or something? We have an all hail. Do we? I thought we did. I think it was Zegers. Maybe not as much. I think so too. Um, Zegers just needs to be holy fuck Zegers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Pardon my very poor um, check. (laughs) Are you trying to say it in check? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I looked up on Google Translate what praise is in check. And apparently, it is Shvala, C H V A with the accent like on Dostal's name, L A. So, Shvala Dostal, 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 Shvala Dostal. That sounds very Czech. Shvala Dostal, or or long live, Dostal. long live. How about that? Doesn't have to be in Czech, just to oh, okay. <laughs> keep like the praise off yeah. or the long live Lucas. Yeah, the L L O. I'll hail Lucas the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What's his, what's his Ducks jersey number? That's a good question. I, I, Why don't I... I just... Oh, he's yeah, one. He's number one. Which... Oh, there you obviously. go. Yeah. Yeah. Lucas the first. There you yeah. go. I'll hail Lucas the first. Yeah. <laughs> I might have to make that a t-shirt. I, I was like just going to say, I think you kind of have to. Like, <laughs> instead of the number one, just like a little... Or have the number one and on the back and then like a little ST. Yeah. Where's my, where's my sticky notes? <laughs> Come on, but yeah, just this. 
This was an absolutely insane performance by Lucas Dostal. <laughs> and like, you know what? He did kind of get some help from the defense. Like the defense wasn't horrid. Like, yeah, they gave up 23 to sh- two shots in the third, which, okay. So that in that respect, yes, team defense, atrocious. But the going back to what we were talking about in the Montreal game where the team had all come together and was playing as a team, they were they knew that they basically had no chance of um like getting the puck from Edmonton and, you know, making the shots even in this third period. They essentially just accepted their fate that Edmonton was going to have ozone pressure for essentially 19 and a half minutes of this 20-minute period, and 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 they just made it hell for them. They were in shot lanes. They were aggressive at the point. They were blocking shots. They Honestly, I don't think... like Everybody had their zone in their kind of pseudo-diamond shape, like their baseball yeah. home plate kind of shape. They just had their spot there, and, and they just didn't move. From it, they they would adjust slightly to be in the shot lanes and take away sticks and and make whoever was trying to be that net front guy on Edmonton make their life hell. Essentially, they they sold out for defense on that game in, in that period, especially. That's that's what I think. And yeah, you they still got twenty three shots on net, but like, and they were probably medium danger chances, but they made it very very difficult. I'm looking at the shot map uh, right now, mm-hmm. and uh, yes, the defense did. I'll, I'll say they helped. Yeah, it's, I'll say they helped. <laughs> it's light years better in comparison. I think that's kind of where it's coming from. But, but at the same time, long live Lucas the first. Because I'm taking a look, like just as one example, um, the thirteen twenty mark of the third period. Uh, was a shot by Zach Hyman, like right at the left side of the crease. Mm-hmm. Um, twenty nine point eight percent of chance of scoring on a it was on a rebound as well. Yeah, which like that that is fairly high, and that was a save. Mm-hmm. But here, you know, I'll I'll pull up the shot map actually, just for those that are watching, just so you can yeah. see what I'm talking about here really quickly. Yeah, the yeah um, no the ducks. Defense definitely helped, but when their very limited experience and the shitty system put in place by Dallas Eakins was inefficient, yeah, Lucas Dostal came up massive. Yeah, like Anaheim got <laughs> not a, a whole lot of great chances, let's be honest here. But like just, okay, how, how many is that here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. Fifteen shots between the circles underneath the hash marks. Yeah. Like fifteen chances. And the smallest one gauging by eyes would have been this one right here, uh, which was Derek Ryan four thirty left in the third. Oh no, sorry, fifteen thirty one and left in the third. Okay. Which was a which looks like a tip that went just wide of the net. Yeah. So that was like the least dangerous one mm-hmm. in the slot. <laughs> yeah. 15 shot, 15 slot shots. These are shots. Mm-hmm. Or shot attempts, one. because if it goes wide of the net, that's not a, a, a uh, actual shot, is it? No, no, no. These are all, these are all shots. 
that are listed. Shot on net, rebound shot, shot wide. Oh, no, sorry, shot wide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, you know, actually, can we... Okay, so that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's just scoring chances. Okay. Um, yeah, because I don't know if I can get to each individual one, but mm-hmm. either way, that is 15 attempts in the slot alone. And yeah. just running over that really quickly for like the majority of them, uh, one was a... The tip was wide. <laughs> yeah. That's what she yeah, said. So. Um, <laughs> okay, well, there's a second one. Um, yeah, goal shot, rebound shot. So it looks like two missed. Yeah. From what I can tell. Holy shit. <laughs> and Lucas Dostal saved all but one. Yeah. There was, uh, there was the one goal. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like... <laughs> This kid has been playing. Honestly, his his time up here, he has been good. Like oh, I said, yeah. I'm not putting the Toronto game on him. No, yeah, you can't. We and, we talked about that last time. Yeah, There's and no and we talked about the Ottawa one as well. That just like the the guy's playing five on zero basically for that game. Yeah, right. And with a little bit of help in this game obviously elevates his game a lot more because he's not having to do it on his own. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, yeah, Dostal with a 939 save percentage and a 2.71 goal save above expected. This guy wow. stopped three goals that should have been in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, his 46 saves in this game, <laughs> 46 saves, holy shit, uh, Put him fifteenth all-time single Damn. game saves by a duck. Damn. And I think that's, the records the records fifty two that was set by Gibson last year. Oh right, yeah. So and also so as I was close, so yeah. And as I was looking through it as well, uh, I am going to throw in uh, a thing here as well from November fifth, the game against San Jose uh, that went into a shootout. Oh, yeah. Um Stellars uh took the eleventh all time spot uh in saves in a game with forty eight. Nice. So just a shout out yeah. for that game yeah, as well. I don't so. think we recognize that. So yeah, this is a hundred percent Lucas Dostal stealing us a game, which I can't remember the last time a goaltender stole us a game. Like, like to this. at least to this extent. Yeah. Like w- Gibson is known for being able to steal games in Anaheim and for the Ducks. But I don't think it's happened to this extent this season, and I, I can't. Re- I can. I feel like it happened maybe once or twice last season, but I couldn't pick out the game, like just off the top of my head. But yeah, now yeah, this is this. This was nuts. Yeah. Um, is this sorry? Is this giving you shades of St. Louis Blues here? 2019, bottom of the league, call up a goaltender that basically nobody outside of Anaheim has ever heard of, and he just puts up insane performances, upsetting the top teams in the league, carrying them into a wild card spot. One glaring thing in your statement right there, these aren't top teams in the league. In, and it's uh, only been two games. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah, well, Montreal, okay, my- it's Montreal in 24th as of Sunday, and it's Edmonton in 16th, who still lack defensively. 
and let's be honest, have lacked for the last 12 to 15 years defensively. And I've okay. never okay. been able top, to recoup it. Top team offensively <laughs> is what I was sure. kind of saying. Sure. Okay. That. Yeah. So, um, in in an effort to avoid the Oilers <laughs> discussion on a Ducks podcast that but, has already featured so, Blackhawks discussion. Okay. So, <laughs> with with that though, that's yeah. I'm I'm not ready to go down that path yet. It's too early. It's yeah against teams that are middle to lower end of the pack mm-hmm. so i'm not going there yet okay and again not that so, i'm rooting for losses no but i'm not wanting to overly go down that st louis path unless the only way i'd be okay with that is if it came out like a full st louis thing with a stanley cup win yeah right if oh, not course, yeah it almost kind of feels like for nothing yeah so because that's a team that would then you don't want to. I bring up Calgary as an example here because one, I, yes, they did do what I'm about to talk about here, but also I got to see it firsthand. You don't want to run into an issue of Calgary in 2015 where they thought that they had the team for the future because they overachieved, right? Mm-hmm. That's a team that went to the second round of the playoffs, got swept by Anaheim, if I remember correctly. And, uh, but then they left the team kind of as was for a number of years later. Yeah. And Calgary never really got to that point again until like 2019 got a gentleman's sweep by Colorado. So like Hmm. we were, we were talking very hypothetical here that Anaheim just goes on an absolute tear here. That's that's true. Nobody is expecting that. Nobody is expecting that. With St. Louis, they were underachieving and then kind of very much. And then, went to overachieving and then now have kind of gone back to like where they should be in like the upper tier of the NHL. But like, it's not like the ducks who would just be overachieving at that point. Like we're not underachieving. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe a smidge, but not to the extent of yeah, like the blues. So, um, so what, so one, I was gonna say one, one more thing. Um, actually, no, sorry. Go, go, go ahead. Okay. So with, uh, with that kind of whole thing in mind about Lucas Dostal, sorry, excuse me, L- Lucas the first, um, <laughs> long live the king. Uh, with him coming, oh hey, up you're, now, you're gonna upset the Rangers fans with that last day. Uh, they're not listening. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, and this is not me saying that this should happen. This is a hypothetical. Um, what now that we know what we have in Lucas Dostal and his, his ability to steal games and just put up solid performances. What do you do about John Gibson? And, and Stellars, we'll throw him in there as well, but oh, well, let's start with okay. Gibson. It's... You're not the first person to bring this up in the last couple of days, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Which is why I bring me, it up, because I've I've seen it as well. Let me scroll... This it? Okay, yeah, I found it. Okay, so this was a post on Reddit uh, as well, like less than 24 hours ago um, by DucksFan182. Please tell me that's a blank reference. Thank you. Um, who said, Who just starts his post on the Ducks subreddit, uh, Lucas Dostal is ready. Love him or hate him, Gibson is not getting any better. We should trade him while his value isn't completely tanked. Whether Stolarz or Dostal takes the throne doesn't matter. 
Uh, we're not making the playoffs, so we might as well get some serious assets from Gibson. Dostal will be our number one, our next number one goalie, and a change of scenery will be good for both Gibson and the Ducks. Now, I'm not going to disagree that a change of scenery wouldn't be great for Gibson. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not 100%. I, I haven't seen enough of Dostal in the NHL to be comfortable just like giving him like 40 games, let's say. Yeah. So, and I say 40 games because Dostal and Stellars have, uh, have, have worked as a tandem before, like the two of them together uh, down mm-hmm. in San Diego. Um, it's yeah. I I personally haven't seen enough. Gibson is still day to day. Who knows? Maybe when Gibson comes back, it's Stolarz is still going well. We're gonna run him for a little bit. Yeah. Um. At the same time, is he waiver eligible? Stolarz. Yeah. Or no, sorry, uh, not not Stolarz. Um. Dostal. Dostal. Yeah. Oh. Uh. I I think we looked. Oh, he's, he's waivers he exempt. Is. He's waivers yeah. exempt. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, because he's on emergency loan. I think just in general, he's waivers exempt though because of his. Um, yes, you are right, but lack I, I'm of experience sorry, just NFL, because of his yeah, but... his status though. I just saw it was emergency yep. loan. Yeah. Um. Maybe like you know Gibson comes back for the game in against LA here, mm-hmm. um, or even the home game against Minnesota on Wednesday. Maybe he's back for that. Eric Sinek is back down in San Diego. Um, and they go, you know what? Let's see a little bit more of Dostal, actually. Right. And mm-hmm. we run with him for a little bit more until we have an idea of uh, where Stolarz is. Yeah. Um, after, after not only providing stability in the Montreal game, where the Ducks were up, blew the lead, and then Dostal kept them in it so yeah. that they could get the win. That in itself is a massive change from this season. And then also the performance he put up against Edmonton too. You can't, yeah. you can't not give that kid another game in the NHL before sending him down after those performances. I don't care oh, yeah, if absolutely. Gibson and Stellars are back and ready for December. You healthy, or not December, sorry, for Tuesday against LA. You, you healthy scratch Anthony Stolarz so that you can play Lucas Doss in one of those two games against LA and Minnesota because he has earned it at that point. That's, that is a s- massive slap in the face to Dawson yeah, if he does not get another start this week. It's a little bit of circumvention, I think. I wouldn't even healthy scratch Solaris. You just leave him on the IR, I think. Oh, anyway, well, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I just... It's not that I don't have faith in him. Right, it's just I haven't seen enough to say that he is one hundred percent ready for the yeah. NHL. I mm-hmm. want to believe he is, and everything is directing to that point. Don't get me wrong, right? He's doing fantastic in the AHL. We yeah. saw him in person uh, a couple weeks ago, right? Like, and he's as advertised. Everything mm-hmm. I've seen of him is as advertised, right? Yeah. And that you know, this post is right in saying that like he is to be the next number one goalie. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with any of this necessarily. I'm just saying not yet. I'm not ready to give mm-hmm. the reins just yet. Yeah. 
I think now, if you do make a trade, it's not for John Gibson because that puts way too much pressure on either Stellars or Dostal, whoever. Uh, potentially both, even if you say, okay, you guys are splitting it 41 and 41 or 50-50 for the rest of the season, I suppose. I guess that's 25 and 25 if yeah. you traded Gibson like tomorrow. And, and I don't think that's fair to either of them. I think in an ideal world, Stellars is held out until the new year with his injury and hopefully makes a full recovery um, with whatever it is he's got going on since we have no idea. And then... What And then, so you continue to play Dostal. Even if Gibson comes back, Dostal gets a few games here and there. And I'm sure Gibson understands, like, okay, we need to see what we have in this kid. And then, at some point before the trade deadline, you trade away Anthony Stolarz to a team that their backup goalie went down and they're in the hunt for the cup and they need a backup goalie. And then, for the rest of the year, you run Gibson and Dostal. Even if Dostal falls off and, you know, Teams figure out he has a, a one or two weaknesses that he now needs to work on, um, and they just exploit the shit out of it. It doesn't matter because those games of experience for Dostal are invaluable to me, and I think next year you have to run Dostal in the NHL. It's how how old is this guy? Twenty two. Yeah, he's he's ready. He's, he he will be up next year. Yeah. The question and, is: Is it going to be behind Gibson or? with someone else yeah and i think that that is more of a question for the offseason maybe but i think for now depending on how the next week goes like if if he just all of a sudden shits the bed now then it's like okay that was a flash in the pan these sucky games are probably also a flash in the pan that just shows to me he's not ready he needs more time in the ahl for next season Mm -hmm. but you know if he continues along putting up decent performances giving the, given the team that's in front of him yeah. um he should be the second goalie for the rest of this year and next year whether it's with Stellars whether it's with slash behind John Gibson or whether it's with insert free agent goaltender that the Ducks sign after trading away John Gibson in the offseason sort of thing like it's Dostal needs to be playing 30 to 40 games next season in the NHL. I could see 30 for sure. Yeah, it, and the, now, the 40 is dependent on who is who yeah. he's with. If it's Stellars, 40. Split it 50-50, in my opinion. But if it's with a John Gibson, 25-30, yeah. Now, I'm kind of taking a look at... Because if you're, if you're moving Stellars, that's a team that is looking for a backup in case something goes wrong on a playoff run. Yeah, or they're... Or their backup goaltender went down with a season-ending ending yeah. injury middle of January. Yeah, or just a goalie went down with a season-ending injury. Yeah. yeah, just basically you're you're looking for a guy that can be because Stolarz is a backup, right? Yeah. Tandem a tandem goalie at most. Yeah, he could be. I think if you're trading John Gibson, you're trading to a team that is like on the cusp of. Contention, I would say. Yeah, and their weak spot is that goaltending yeah. position. Yeah. Or just or just a team even that goaltending is the weak spot overall. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. I, I think ideally Gibson want, would want to go to the contending team. And with his yeah. modified nose trade, I forget the deets on that. But it's uh, 
So that's ten where a ten team no trade list. So yeah. odds are he's going to a top twenty team in the league. So that's where because we've was he younger? Sure. Was he a lot younger than the average of when NHL goaltenders get in the NHL? Absolutely. Yeah. But we've seen John Gibson even this season, we've seen when John Gibson plays well, right? Mm-hmm. Now imagine if he had a team that wasn't leaving him out to dry every night. Yeah, right. It would be a lot better. He would be. He would be very similar. In, I, th- I think you could draw a lot of comparisons with him and like Carey Price, just in like the calmness of the way he would play in front of like a good yeah. team. If or not, it doesn't even have to be a good team, just defensively. If the defensive aspects of the team are adequate, yeah. John Gibson will do just fine. Mm-hmm. Right, because like we've literally seen it this season, right? Yeah, I don't. It's like yes, there have been games that Gibson has not been great, and we've talked about them, right? Mm-hmm. But even with that, the team in front of him has not been great either. Nine times out of ten, yeah. When he gives up a bad goal on a low danger shot attempt, it's because he just made three high danger saves. In a exactly. Row. Like, <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah, or it's just a game that he's off because we have seen those as well, right? Where it seems like he wouldn't be able to stop a beach ball. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm taking a look right now at the teams or just at goalies with like the worst like goals against right now, and let's see yeah. if we can even take a look at save percentage teams that are sticking out to me. Um, Columbus. Is one they're just mm-hmm. struggling all around, yeah. but that's a team that seems poised to be able to kind of build up fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. And it does like it apparently is a place that people want to go to now. Apparently, so like yeah. Patrick Laine wanted to stick around in Columbus. Yeah, um, Johnny Gaudreau yeah. just went there this year. Yeah, right? I, th- I like, think they're doing a lot of good things and like the. The management is very much like pro player as well. Yeah, so I think I think they're, they're trying. They're trying at least. Yeah. So they just still have a little bit more work to do. But like, that's an idea. It's a division over, but I know the Vemelka in Arizona is not going to be long term. I don't think. Hmm. Vemelka's contract is up, I think, after next season. Uh, no, he's got two more. Or two more? Okay. Yeah. So you're in that case, you're maybe looking for something for when Arizona is competitive in yeah. two or three years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Chicago, maybe even maybe. after, like after this season, right? Because yeah. again, there's a team piling draft picks as well that um like that is a hockey market as well mm-hmm. right yeah yeah for so, sure um i don't know honestly like it's, I know it's, it's within it's within the division yeah. and i know jack campbell just signed a five-year deal but edmonton can't be relying on Stuart skinner alone yeah this season uh, see right see i i obviously think that as well, but I don't like to be the one to say it. But the in-division team I was thinking would maybe be Seattle. Like, I know they've got a good thing going with... Um, yeah. What's his name? Jones? Yeah. No. Yes, Jones. Yeah. Um, 
But like, how long is that going to last? Like, this team is taking decent steps. You bring in John Gibson, that just like, I think that propels them from where are they fifteenth in the league right now into like top ten. The easily. issue, the issue that I have with Seattle though is that they also have Philip Grubauer on that contract. Yeah. So they're yeah, if you, yeah. they're kind of handcuffed with that. I think you just buy out Grubauer and eat your loss on that one, maybe. That would be a hefty. Let me actually. You know what? Cat friendly. Let's me see what the buyout would be on that oh, because. Cute. Okay, let's put it this way: Grubauer is, I think, two years older than Gibson. Yeah, two years older than Gibson, and their contracts end the same year. Oh, damn! Yeah. Um. Okay, where is the? Is there not a? a where's the buyout cal- calculator? I know there's a way you can do that. Yeah, I don't know. Calculator, here we go. Calculators, bio calculator. Here we go. Uh, Team Seattle, Kraken. And goaltender, Philip Grubauer. Oof, yeah. That's uh, the, the buyout. If they were to buy out Grubauer... In the offseason. Yeah. Uh, less than the minimum for next season, so that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the cap hit against would be six hundred sixty grand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it bumps up to a little over a million. Then it bumps again to two point three, and then the height of it is the last year of Grubauer's contract at three point four million against the cap. Ooh. Mind you, the cap is. It was supposed to go up, and now it's it. in in three years. It's supposed to be up ten million from where it is now. However, they get there, but that's kind of the projection. Yeah, and I don't know if that necessarily changed with the board of governors meeting or the last yeah. week or so, because Batman was out there saying that like now next year might still only be a million dollars increased. Yeah, it's Batman's a lawyer, and fuck that dude. Um, <laughs> Not that I hate lawyers, just he is too lawyery, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, so after where Gruber's contract would end, yeah. then it's, so, it's not $2 million for the next four years. Damn. Yeah, so it's not ideal for Seattle, yeah. probably. Um, the other one, and this is entirely dependent on what happens with Jordan Binnington, because there's rumors he okay, that's not could where be going somewhere going. like... Uh, change of scenery, all that kind of stuff, like <laughs> potentially, yeah. Either either getting traded to another NHL team or going to Europe because Craig Brewer is sick of his shit. Um, but I mean, potentially St. Louis could be in the market for another, um, yeah, different goaltender as well. Just shaking things up. Where's Where's Gibson from? I feel like I should know this. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. And there was yeah, the ties there because, him, yeah, because yeah. he wants to go home. And yeah, I, yeah. So the uh, only other place that I can think of, and it's in the division, and people are going to hate me for saying this, which is why I'm not going to stick on it too long. You know what team has sucked goaltending wise this year? Vancouver. Nope. The LA Kings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I thought about that too. I was like, ooh, what about L? And then I was like, wait, this is Anaheim. We're t- now no. that's where I'm going to go back to. You're going to see a lot of three way deals. Yeah. Now that's one I don't. That's think the inadvertent three-way deal where it's like, oh, yeah. we're going to trade you to Arizona, and then Arizona's like, hey, LA. 
That's the that's the <laughs> Ottawa San Jose. Uh, okay, we'll take on Mike Hoffman, and then San Jose immediately flipping Hoffman to Florida. Yeah. So then, when the Eric Carlson trade happens, uh, Ottawa says you are not allowed to flip this player to somebody in our division. Like that's a condition in the trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Lo- long story short, here is that yes, Dostal looks good, and he should be in the NHL going forward but it's a next year it's a next year thing let's pump the brakes on trading john gibson just hold the phone put it in park pull over to the side of the road put it in park step on the uh parking brake yeah you know and then and then let's figure things out let's let's slow our roll a little bit because even like a retention of because guaranteed somebody's going to want a retention on gibson's contract Oh yeah, right. Because he's he's making six point four. Yeah, so uh, how, at least even, a twenty five percent retention. Yeah. Say. So what's what would twenty five percent be here? Four point eight, I think. Uh, yeah, you're correct. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You fucking accountant, you nerd. Um, Big old nerd. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, like that's a lot more appeasing, I think, to a lot of teams, especially for the next four seasons. At a guy that is age-wise, on average, should be in his prime right now. Yeah, and hasn't put up numbers that show that. Yeah. So, like yeah. Gibson's numbers, like again, he hasn't, especially at the start of the season, he was not having great games. Mm-hmm. Gibson's Gibson's save percentage and goals against are for sure are a lot more reflective of the team in front of him. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. if it, it depends on the return for Gibson. And if we're able to see more of Dostal that he continues to play, I'm going to call like over, I'm going to call it just over 900 hockey, actually mm-hmm. in yeah. the rest of his games kind of thing. Wh- that, which like, is essentially above average for this all- season. Yeah, because I, I think the league average this season is like a 904, 905. Yeah, with, with scoring it's, going up. If you're above 900, yeah. you're, you're in pretty decent shape. So. Yeah. Um, but if, if we consistently see that, then that's where I go, okay, maybe you could do something along the lines of a Gibson or for sure be happy with a Stellar's trade, I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. If it's... If it's kind of fluctuating and it's still that he's very young and whatnot, mm-hmm. I'm I, I I like Stellars, but I'm more comfortable in that trade at least. And then with Gibson, my thing is that Gibson will never, on his own, like of his own decision, I guess, be a tandem goalie. Yeah, right. Otherwise, it would be happening this season with Stellars. I think because mm-hmm. it's it just it's it's not working over the last few years for him. Yeah. Doesn't matter the team in front of him. It's just not working. Yeah. Um. So that like that's my only thing with it. Mm-hmm. But if you can, if Dostal can consistently show over the next bit that he is ready to like and puts up NHL numbers, mm-hmm. then we can start talking. Say middle of January again, depending on how long Stellars is out and. Dostal's up kind of thing. Yeah. Then we can start talking maybe about okay, what's just 
anybody's any goaltender's future here in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, you you had another overall thing you wanted to say here. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, sure. I'm I'm yeah. not apologizing yet because, like Dostal, I want to see more first before I say anything definitive. Uh, we we talked about how uh, kind of like joking of like, oh yeah, team listens to us and kind of does things. And I, I I put a tweet out there of like, oh yeah, like the team listened to our last episode and took it personally. Yeah, the one guy that definitely took it personally. Was John Klingberg? I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> now, mind you, his defensive numbers not great still over the mm. two games against Montreal and Edmonton. But what else? Uh, on the offensive side, though, which is what we brought him in for—to be a power play quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't do it there. Still, mind you, I don't think he actually really got a whole lot of time in either game. On I would be surprised play. if he got any. Honestly, uh, here I have the Edmonton numbers still up here. You have 45 seconds of power play time. So, yeah. Um, yeah, Fowler got the most. And then Shattenkirk and Klingberg got 45 seconds each. Um, mm. So, yeah, like, like his defensive numbers weren't great. Didn't do a whole lot. Or, I guess, hasn't been able to do a whole lot on the power play, which, as he's been playing, I'm okay with that. Yep. So, he said, fuck it. I'll do it five on five then. Not once. And over two games, he uh, Don Klingberg has had three shots on net, mm-hmm. resulting in three goals. <laughs> so now I'm not. I'm also not going to say that. Yeah. You know, oh shit! John Klingberg is on fire. We talk about luck in the Edmonton game. John Klingberg has also been pretty lucky. Yeah. yeah what did you say? Time. His his individual expected goals. Uh, so let's take a look at the Edmonton game here because I have that still up and then I'll pull up the Montreal one here in a second. Um, his, so in Edmonton, his expected goal percentage, uh, in all situations, uh, 35% and his expected goals for was (laughs) 0.3 for the game. Um, and I'm just gonna double check, just make sure that it is lined up here with like in the uh, expected goals. Where'd you go now? Uh, oh no, sorry. Yeah, uh, expected goals. Um, oh no, I guess sorry. Okay, yeah. Sorry, his actual expected goals four was point uh, three. Okay. The, okay, which is, yeah, which is the, pretty low. But. Yeah, the expected goals being like the differential, mm-hmm. uh, 0.04. <laughs> so, like I said, his defensive numbers weren't fantastic as well. Uh, his expected goals against for that game was 0.6. So, oh, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I can pull up the Montreal numbers here because I don't think I need anything else for this Edmonton game offhand. No, I think we're good. Oh, yeah, Thursday. Here we go. Uh, Montreal game. Let's take a look here. Where is John Klingberg in all situations? Uh, John Klingberg was shooting uh, 46.9, so 47% uh, expected goal percentage. 
his, ex- his expected goals for for this game were 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.66. So that's better. Hmm. Uh, he also had two shots compared to one. Uh, and ex- but his expected goals against 0. 0.7. Um, so yeah, this game, uh, he ran a 0. 0.09 expected goals and put up two on two yeah. shots. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. And now, if you if we want to continue further down the luck rabbit hole for John Klingberg and his goals, um, let's take a look at the second goal uh, for Klingberg there. That mm-hmm. I think was the yeah that was, was the, the three, game winner. That was yeah. a three two goal. Yeah, back to back back to back for John Klingberg. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Um, I'm sure the one percent of people that have him <laughs> rostered on his on their fantasy leagues are were ecstatic this yeah. week. <laughs> um, if anybody even still has him. Uh, That's why I said 1%. <laughs> so that goal is, there's a cut in front, I forget who it was, but brings uh, the defenseman Harris from Montreal with him across uh-huh. the crease. And Harris bumps into Jake Allen and knocks him on his ass, which results in Klingberg. Like This is happening as Klingberg is winding up. And so Anderson is not able, or not Anderson, Allen is not able to make a save, like, at all, right? Yeah, and Klingberg puts it top corner. So basically, you're, you're shooting at an empty net with, with a few people around, yeah. I guess. Like, luck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, don't get me wrong. Like, you need luck sometimes to, like, win games, to do well, that sort of thing. Like, I'm not mm. bashing on luck. But <laughs> the, the last two games have been... Luck. Very, 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 very lucky. So that is why I am not apologizing yet. I'm going to be a stubborn yeah. bastard and not apologize. So, and you know what? Sometimes that is all you need is just a little bit of luck to go in your favor. And you're like, you know what? Monkey off the back. Yep. Here we go. This it's John Klingberg season, baby. Fucking 20 goals or 25 goals in the, the last 50 games of the season <laughs> for John Klingberg. And just yep. like, yeah, if, like, if the it's, dude, it's possible. Like, that could be really all he needs to yeah. just turn into the John Klingberg we expected. If the so. dude goes off, I can't wait to see the return. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Some <laughs> some poor sucker team is going to pay just out the ass for an offensive power play specialist on for essentially $3.5 million because we'll probably retain half. And it's going to be... Super- and that'll be with like a quarter left of the season even as well. So there's yeah. even less to actually pay out in actual dollars. Yeah. We, um, we could potentially get a first round pick for John Klingberg if... When I, and I think that, that was the original idea. Yeah. But so. if, if the rest of the season, it's like, okay, you know what? I was just trying to fit into this new team because I've been in Dallas for the re- last eight years of my career and like that's the only other place i've been so you know what it took some time to figure out but you know what i'm back like that's that could literally be it so i'm um, going to galaxy brain here what is let me take a look here what are you looking for a potential team Yeah, no, that's fine. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say reunion with Dallas. Uh, no, their first power play unit is uh, Miro Heiskanen. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, backing that. they're, they're fine. doing fine. Yeah. 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 Good. Um, so. It's Gurianov on the second one with uh, Suter, Sagan, Johnston, Marshman. Mm-hmm. That first power play unit, though. Jesus Christ. Velsky, Ben, Robertson, Hanson, Heiskanen. Holy shit. Yeah, that's not even fair, man. 
And uh, yeah, Dallas is uh, eighth for uh, power play percentage, 25.8%. Yeah. Buffalo is at 30% for second in the league. Holy shit. Jeez. Um, speaking of scoring goals, we're going to take you back a little bit here to Tuesday night before the Washington Capitals faced off the Chicago Blackhawks. Alex Ovechkin was sitting at 797 career goals in 1,300 and I guess, what would that be? Three, four, one, a little over 1,300 games. So insane numbers and third all time in goals scored um, in the NHL in your career. And not only does he move one step closer to um, a historic career, what is already, or to improving his already historic career, I should stay, say, he takes three massive leaps forward and uh, makes it so that he scores his 800th goal against the Chicago Blackhawks on Tuesday night, uh, making him the third player ever to do that in NHL history and puts him just one back of second all-time, or tying second all-time with Gordie Howe, who is a legend in his own right for all-time goal scored. In his career, and I rewatched. So, uh, there was a uh, you know like a couple of CBC movies that were mm-hmm. made for like the like the Don Cherry. There's so there's a yeah. Gordy Howe one as well. Oh yeah, and I rewatched it. Uh, I think it was last week actually. Um, and that that whole movie is about like the first year of the Howe family moving to Houston and that season with the mm-hmm. uh, with the Arrows and the WHA. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Gordy was something for sure. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, All-time hockey at its best. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, with a hat trick against the Chicago Blackhawks, Alex Ovechkin breaks NHL history with 800 goals. And props to Blackhawks fans as well, given him the recognition that he deserves for that. Like, yeah. they were they were loud. They were cheering him on. Um, e- even the Blackhawks players, like, you could tell they weren't happy about it because they were getting absolutely blown out at home for that but like you could tell that they still had respect there for yeah. Ovechkin uh, the whole I, team coming on to celebrate yeah. and all that was just fantastic um, so for that Alex Ovechkin for your first goal of the hat trick <laughs> that was a big energy move your second goal to put you at 799 a big energy move and then Making it so that your 800th NHL goal, which, put, which puts you at the third player ever to do that in NHL history, a big energy move. It's such an OV way to do it as well. Oh, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, this is absolutely insane. So, so uh, he's so congrats he's to sitting, him. Yeah, so he's sitting at 800 right now. Yeah. Um, the Gordy Gordy Howe in second is 801, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah so how, he, many, how many yeah. games did Gordy do that in? Do you know? Do you have that up? Uh, a lot less. <laughs> a lot less. See, now, my, one thing I don't know for certain, actually, is if Gordy Howe's numbers, because of the merge of the NHL and the WHA, if that includes mm. the numbers that he put up in the WHA as well. I don't know that for sure, actually. If somebody yeah. does, let I'm not me sure. know. I'm not sure about that with Gretzky either. Honestly, so the thing with Gretzky though is he only had one season, I think, in the WHA. Oh, so it doesn't. 
it's not like as big of a yeah i think yeah i think he only had a season or two because he was with um yeah the uh who was he something racers yeah i don't know and then went yeah and then got i think traded to edmonton and that was either the season before or the season that the WHA merged with the NHL and Edmonton became an NHL team. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, Gordy Howe is his 801 was just in the NHL in 1,767 NHL games, um, and then he had 174 goals in 419 in, in the WHA. Jesus. <laughs> so actually, Ovechkin is actually on pace to do that in less games in the. <laughs> then Gordy Howe, just absolutely nuts, ridiculous. I mean, um, not on pace. Like, unless it takes him four hundred games, almost. Well, yeah, four hundred and fifty games. Yeah, to get two goals. <laughs> but I don't think he um, has that many games left in him. So, okay, I got two things here. They're gonna yeah. kind of go. Actually, you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna go back and forth here. Okay. Um, this was a graphic that was put on uh this was an r slash hockey when when was this here again a year ago so this is from last season and i like i remember seeing this stat actually and it was fucking wild and it's kind of returned again over the last little bit um so this was when Ovechkin was at four hundred and uh, or seven hundred forty nine goals, mm. and so this is the top goal scorer since two thousand five two thousand six. Um, uh, where's the picture here? There we go. Okay, so this includes. Uh, so just before I pull up the graphic as well for those that are watching, mm. this includes uh, Sidney Crosby, um, Stephen Samkos, Eric Stahl, and Evgeny Malkin, rounding out the top five. Okay. Um, Ovechkin, 749 goals. Crosby, 488. Like, just to show how pure of a goal scorer Ovechkin is. Yeah. Uh, Stamkos, who has put up a 60 goal season, like, I think more recently than Ovechkin. I might have to double check that one. Um, at 450 goals. Yeah. Uh, Eric Stahl, 430 goals. Evgeny Malkin, 424. So this was at the time as well. Like these yeah. numbers are all different, but just to give you like a frame of reference here of like how much of a goal scorer Ovechkin is. Mm-hmm. Um, we know Ovechkin likes to throw the body as well. I didn't realize it was this much though. <laughs> Take a look at this compared to those three guys. <laughs> it's more than all of, uh, not quite more than all of them. Com- he I, I might. Gotta, that's pretty close. So, okay, so here, so we'll go from for for goals. Uh, we'll go from five up. So, in terms of hits, Evgeny Malkin uh, with four hundred twenty four goals at the time, five hundred seventy six hits, and Malkin likes to lay the body too, right? He's another big Russian dude. Mm-hmm. Um, which fun fact, it was a couple of seasons ago. Uh, I took my girlfriend to uh, go watch Calgary play Pittsburgh, and I got us seats that were like i think two or three rows from the corner mm-hmm. um that was the first time i had seen milan lucic in person i was like yeah he's a big dude and then malkin skated by and i was like no that's a big dude yeah <laughs> like holy shit uh okay and then eric stall 897 stamkos 
also really likes to throw the body around at 929 hits at the time. Mm-hmm. Crosby, 897. And then Ovechkin, 3,160. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other four guys combined for hits that are on this here, Crosby, Stamco, Stalin, Malkin, combined for 3,299 hits at the time. Jesus which Christ. Which is um, 139, only 139 more hits than Ovechkin has thrown. It's nuts, man. Just And then, okay, I'm... I was this is Russian up. hockey at its finest right here. <laughs> I was trying to pull it up on my iPad, but it's not. The, the NHL app is not liking what I'm trying to do here. I'm just trying to pull up Ovechkin's page, but it's just oh, giving yeah. me like the little sidebar of it. Oh, and I'm like, yeah. no, just give me the whole thing. Oh, I've got it here. You want his hits? Yeah, his hit total like now. Career hits? Does it have that? <laughs> nope. Why not? I don't know, man. Uh... Hockey is reference it, has to, right? They, they don't want to know how vi- they don't want people to know how violent their sport is. But yes, hockey reference will have it. Hockey Literally any other site will. It, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I don't. I don't get why they don't show that. It's so dumb. They literally only show like offensive stats. Okay, here we go. Um. Okay, so hits weren't calculated apparently, or at least uh, Hockey Reference doesn't have 2005, 2006, and 2006, 2007 for Ovechkin, so like his first two seasons mm-hmm. for hits. Um, so from 2007 till today, 3,114. Okay. So, yeah, we're really. So then I guess whatever. Couple seasons there. Yeah. But like that is ridiculous. His That's season nuts, yeah. high for hits in a season was the 14-15 season. He played 81 games, so he only missed one. And if I'm not mistaken, that was one of the first times he backed out of the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. If I'm not wrong about that. Um, 81 games, 259 hits. <laughs> Wow. You're looking at that's an average that's an average of 3.2 hits per game. Yeah, that's a fair amount of hits. <laughs> that's for sure. There was a there's a great documentary actually. It's about 20 25 minutes on uh YouTube as well. I think it was the score that did on uh Ovechkin. I've been watching a few of those lately, just like late night viewing when I was done banging my head against the wall for schoolwork, which mm-hmm. I'm finally done by the way. Finished it yesterday. Thank nice. fuck. Congrats. Um, thank you. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a great documentary actually, just on Ovechkin, just like him growing up and uh, like his NHL career. And I think it ends about like a season or two ago. Mm. Um, but it's really good. And there was also ones of Crosby, Lemieux, uh, Yager was a great one to watch. Mm. I love that one. So um, yeah, definitely go search those out though if you can. But uh, like I remember when we started this show, and again, like we're only in season four, like the three not that long ago, yeah, like, like three and three quarters of like a hockey season ago, mm-hmm. right? And th- like that was kind of like when the conversation started of like, oh, do you think he could go for Gretzky's record? Mm-hmm. Do you think he could? And like I like I remember we had that conversation. We're like, that's like it's a long stretch. The math didn't like 
add up great for him and anything like that. And like, just you have thinking, to play for a while at the same pace. And yeah. yeah. And now we're just like, it's, it's when. Yeah. And it's, what's, what's he? Oh, yeah. He's at, he's at 800. And what's the record again? Nine, 894. 894. The guy's hitting <laughs> yeah. it next, the guy's hitting it next season, honestly. Uh, no, 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 no. No? Are you serious? Dude, we're, we're a third of the, oh, not even. Nope. Get out of here, Siri. <laughs> okay. Uh, Okay, what's sorry? What does he have this season? Let's let's do the math because I honestly think it's going to be like he has twenty goals already this season. Twenty goals in thirty three games. Times, assume he plays the full eighty two. He'll finish with fifty goals. So, um, so we add on another thirty. So eight hundred (laughs) and thirty goals. That means that to hit it next season, he would then have to score. Oh, that's. Hit something wrong. You would then have to score sixty-four next season, or more thought- than fifty that like this season. Like that's that's a lot. I like. I think realist. If he hits fifty this season, and it, it'll be mid to late. Uh, what would that be? Not 23, 20, 24, 25. Mm-hmm. He'll hit it. Which he's signed. I think that's the last year of his contract. Is that not? I still yeah. have cap. Ovi's. Ovi's a guy that, and this was brought up on the Steve Dangle podcast as well. And like I, like I was kind of thinking about it too. Ovi's a guy that, like, when a milestone is in reach, he goes into overdrive for it. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, oh, oh yeah, he, he I'm, getting, I'm, I'm, I'm three away. I'm three away from 800. Sure, let's throw up a hat trick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, he's signed through 2526. So if, if he plays out the rest of this contract, he's gonna hit it. No problem. Which like. But. Everybody looked at that contract. I remember, like, at the and well, that was only like two yeah. seasons ago, yeah. I think, and it was a yeah. it was another case of and here you go to loop it all back to the start of the episode. It was another case of a what you did for me contract, yeah, right. That everybody like a lot of people kind of looked at, including myself, and went, okay, that might kind of hit you hard later. Again, assuming he's regressing. Mm-hmm. This guy's not stopping. No. He's not. <laughs> he put up a 50-goal season last season. He put up 25 in the shortened season of 45 games, so essentially the same pace. And he put up 48 in 1920, which again was cut short, so he should have hit 50. 51 yeah. before. 40. Like He's basically been putting up the 50-goal pace since 1718. That's and actually... Ridiculous. Re- no. Realistically, he's been putting up a 50-goal pace since 13-14, with the exception being 16-17, where he only had 33 goals in 82 games. And then the other seasons where he didn't put up 50 were shortened seasons. Oh my God. <laughs> so. And, if, and to think about that, that, like, he could have beaten this record, like, two or three years ago. At this point, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. his, his first year in the NHL got pushed because of the season lockout yeah he lost another half season in 2012 2013 and then yeah COVID took a few games off as well Mm -hmm. and just for good measure let's throw in the fact that Gary Bettman is butthurt that Alex Ovechkin wants to help his team win and punishes Ovi for a game for not going to the all-star game when it hasn't been worth it over the last few years when Ovi went 
the all-star game and the skills competition were worth it. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Overall. So on also, honestly, he has the potential to score, like not only break the record in for goals for Wayne Gretzky, but to do it in less games too. Yeah. So obviously he's not going to touch the points in, in that game. No, 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 no one, <laughs> literally nobody ever will, but no for goals. Like, cause, cause what's the thing? I think it's like, if you were to take off all of Gretzky's goals, his points would still be the leading in the NHL, like in the NHL. Yeah. Books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has like 1,963 yeah. assists in his career. <laughs> like just that alone demolishes the second guy. Whatever yeah. That, like whatever they have. So yeah, it's absolutely um, insane. But, um, I don't. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for him to break it next year. It would. It would take a lot, but I think realistically, it's. It would take a lot, but we're talking about Ovechkin here. <laughs> yeah. What? Whatever. We're not. Where he's just I'm, like continually been anymore, defying so. the odds. Yeah. So, um, um, last thing to really round it out, uh, we'll just do this really quickly. Um, did you see now the the round out Patrick Kane? Did you see Patrick Kane almost end his career to make sure that Ovi didn't get 800? Yeah. Blackhawks, holy fuck. Yeah. Unsuccessfully <laughs> tried to prevent the goal and he almost murdered himself. God, yeah. like, I, I, like, I saw that and I went, speaking of the All Star game, I went back to him being like dressing up as Superman for the skills competition in, mm-hmm. uh, what, oh, what was that, 2014, maybe? Um, Somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, like the guy, Blue. like he was still in the air crossing the goal line yeah like i watched that and i was like how did you not break your neck how are we not seeing you at least day to day right now with like just like a bruised neck even i'm like dude holy fuck yeah guy got lucky if you're yeah, not if you're not sure. if you're not sure what I'm talking about by the way if you're listening to this um i don't blame you because everybody's focused on ovechkin Mm-hmm. Right, even like yeah. the Blackhawks are focused on Ovechkin. Yeah, <laughs> but go take a look at the clip and watch Kane just like full speed from the other end of the ice, basically, and just launch himself over whoever it was. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. it was something, anyways. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> to wrap up, we're gonna get into upcoming games. Um, Tuesday, we will be in LA at seven thirty Pacific time. For that one, which it's also the first game of the season against LA, which I'm shocked. I swear we've played them before, but evidently nope. we have not. So, have not. yeah. Um, Nate, do you have some stats here for the LA Kings? Yeah, the LA Kings are uh, at home. They have a winning record of eight, five, and two. Uh, currently on a two-game winning streak, just like our Ducks, and a five, three, and two last ten. Five, three, and two. Not bad. Yeah, and as we mentioned before like their goaltending hasn't been fantastic and yet their season gee, okay they're, they're yeah. outscoring a lot of their mistakes take take a look at this so vegas so the the pacific division vegas la seattle vegas is a plus 19 for goal differential seattle is a plus six la is a negative 10 and they're second in the division both wild card teams in edmonton and colorado are currently beating the kings in plus minus yeah, the first team out of the wild card in Calgary is beating LA with a negative six. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with them and how they are so high, but it's 
it's it's nuts. So uh, yeah. Kevin Fiala, I guess the biggest addition for them recently. I can't remember if he was a deadline. No, he was a, an off season. Off season, yeah. Excuse yeah. me. Um, playing online with Kopitar and Adrian Kempe, so that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then everything else is kind of the same. We've seen them lots before, and then yeah, quick and um, I guess Phoenix Copley as the backup there. So. Yeah, um, I want to keep the good vibes going, but at the same time, I know this team. Or I feel like I know this team at least. I don't know. They proved me wrong the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna be the optimist. Oh wow! Three games. They're th- they're gonna go three games in a row. Okay. It's going to be a close one, though. It's going to be 3-2. Three, 3-2? Two. Three, two. In this economy? No way. Also, we were way off for Montreal and Edmonton. We were predicting <laughs> big shutouts on all sides, and nope, they proved us wrong. So, yeah. Uh, oh, that's a 5-2. Yeah. 5-2. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. 5-2. I was going to say, I'm only a goal away. I guess, yeah, you got close for, I guess, Montreal's goal total. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> You're, yeah, one off. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, um, yeah, what do I think? I don't know. Like, I have a hard time predicting three in a row for this team. Yeah. Um, but like also, said, I'm, like, I'm rolling with, with the good vibes. With how LA is doing? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Um, there's no way it's 3-2. It's got to be 5-4. Who's, four? It, All right. who's it in favor of, though? Just for the sake of being different, I want to say LA. Go LA. Yeah. But I honestly don't know. I'm pretty confident in the score, but not in the team. So, yeah. Uh, and then on the second half of a back-to-back, which means, yay, Lucas Dostal. We'll get to see him again, assuming that Gibson and Stellars both don't come back. But uh, we, should, we shall see. Hopefully we see Dostal in one of these games. Um, Wednesday, we'll be at home. Starting a, um, sorry, I just want to make sure. Yes, starting a 10-game homestand that will stretch from December 21st of 2020 to January 13th of 2023. Uh, We'll be home to the Minnesota Wild. 7 p.m. Pacific time is when the puck drops there. Minnesota is on the first half of a back-to-back in this game. They will be in San Jose the next night to face the Sharks obviously. Um, And this will also be the last game of the season series. In terms of setting your prediction, and to remind you here, the first game was a 4-1 loss to the Wild, and the second game was a 5-4 shootout loss to the Wild. So, how do you think this one goes? Okay, I'm going to run on the assumption that just be, like, until it changes, I'm running on the assumption that we're running Dostal and Erickson Eck. Mm Mm-hmm. For these two games. Okay. Um, before I make my prediction, I have a question for you, actually. Mm-hmm. And only yes or no. No okay. no explanation. Okay. All right. Just for the sake of time here. Okay. Oh, I don't even know how to frame this question exactly, actually. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know what? Let's go like this. Do you trust putting Erickson Eck in one of these two games? Just yes or no. No explanation. 
No. Okay. But I think it happens. Because I was kind of wondering if we might actually see Dostal play back-to-backs. Yeah. Because so. you said no explanation, I'll, I'll save it. But um, Okay. But um, yeah. Yeah, we can, like, text off air or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> no, but he plays is my short answer. Okay. Okay. Um, Minnesota. It's going Minnesota's way, I think. Okay. Mm. Second half of a back-to-back. Guy's going to be tired. Yeah, I'm going to go 4-2. 4-2. Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Um, has Eric Sinek played in the NHL? Um, but I, I can recall. Yeah, I don't think so either. Oh, God. Stupid elite prospects under page limit. Boycott. I got you. I got you. Uh, no, it does not look like he has. No. So, uh, okay. So one of these games could potentially be his first ever start. Yeah. Do you face him against the second in the Pacific LA Kings, or do you put him against the third in the Central, arguably the harder of the two divisions, uh, Minnesota Wild? Yeah. And like you said, too, we could see Dostal in both of these games, but um, yeah. But either way, and again, this is, higher Dostal against Minnesota or goalie making his NHL debut in Eric Sinek against Minnesota. Or against LA because they're. I think, yeah, I don't know. I think he would play Dostal against LA just because state rivalry yeah. and look at the performance he just put up. So, yeah. Um, I'm going to say this is going to be five. Uh, six, two, six, three, six, six, two for Minnesota with probably a couple empty, well, a empty net for sure. Well, actually, no, that doesn't really make sense. I don't know. I'm going to say in six, I don't know. I, I just feel six, two Minnesota. I, we have pulled the goalie with th- like three goals down before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess probably what would happen is we pull the goalie down by two and then they get an empty net and then they just score another one because... So similar, another San Jose to, game. similar to the San Jose game, <laughs> except we just happen to have an extra goal. So, yeah, yeah that's kind of what I'm going for there. Um, and, and again, like I don't want to be the pessimist here, but like I just want to I I want to win this prediction thing, and I think those couple games were maybe not like a flash in the pan, but like it's it's not going to be how the rest of the season yeah. goes. So yeah, I get it. So yeah. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. That's all we have here. So, unless you have anything else you want to add here, Nate? I got nothing. No, all good. Cool. Well, Nate, if people want to uh, call you a John Klingberg hater and demand an apology from you, where can they do that at? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you you're wrong on Twitter, at Tate Namas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. I'll tell you you're and wrong you for want, now. Yeah. Again, I'm, <laughs> now, I'm, yeah. I want to say... At a Klingberg, I want like the next two weeks to be yeah. good. So, and not putting yeah. up like 0. 0.09 expected goals. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the, the defensive um, numbers have to get better, also. Yeah. And if uh, you want to shame me for being a Ducks hater and predicting losses, you can do that at Carter underscore Potts, P O T T S underscore 97. We are also on Twitter at Quack Report Pod. You can also 
find that same handle on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, where we will be live streaming post the wild game on that YouTube channel and Twitch. Thank you guys for tuning in, and go Ducks, go! Go Ducks, go!